Hello, everyone. This is Garrett. This is Javen. I'm Jeffrey. I'm a narrative designer and game designer based in Los Angeles, and uh, I've written for Capcom, Ubisoft, Square Enix, and for indie studios around the world. Absolutely. And we are super happy to have you on our podcast today. Um, we wanted to start uh, branching out and getting some more guests on here. And because uh, me and Javen love talking, it's super fun. But uh, ever since we had our first guest, we, we have noticed getting more people on here and getting more takes that um, are outside of just ours is so much fun because it's yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of expanding our horizons past what we know and then uh, opening us up to new ideas, which we're actually going to be going over one of your ideas today and uh, not just one of your ideas, but one of your projects that you send out to subscribers. So uh, we'll go ahead and let you open up. I know this is a real short intro, but I just want to get to stuff so we can uh, start the conversation here. Uh, we'll go ahead and let you open up on um, your project here. Go ahead and describe to everyone what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm the Game Master of Adventure Stack. Uh, Adventure Stack is one of the most popular fiction newsletters on Substack, and it's interactive fiction. So I make short choose-your-path adventure games, and I email them to my subscribers. We've got about 2,000 subscribers at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, if you remember classic text adventure games like uh, like Zork or or, uh, or uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, or you remember the old Choose Your Own Adventure books, um, I think you you really dig Adventure Snack. It's like those, but short. Uh, they're like micro size, so you can do them on a lunch break. And uh, I send them out uh, twice a month, and it's completely free, and you can get it at adventuresnack.com. We do, uh, I, I like to write and design all different genres. You know, we've done sci-fi games, we've done fantasy games, uh, even like Western games and things like that. But um, always with an eye towards the humor. It's always, uh, it's usually, they're usually funny, weird, absurd. Um, and yeah, as I said, uh, ideal for, uh, oh God, I'm in line at the bank. What am I going to do? Oh, I, I could play, I could play an adventure stack. I could get in one of those real quick and, and have some fun. And uh, I like to make them replayable too. So uh, if you take different mm. paths, you can see what uh, what you could have done uh, in your in your short time, your short uh, adventure. So yeah, and that's at adventuresnack.com. Shoot, I'm gonna subscribe. That's not literally <laughs> in my wheelhouse. You don't understand mm. that. That's stuff that I love. I love. I love adventure games like that, and where you can like go back and replay it and see what you what you haven't chosen. Like I love that butterfly effect, like kind of feel to it. So yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I look forward to having you in our adventuring party. Yeah, let's go. I'm down. Yeah, those uh, those types of games have always been always been a very just a very fun idea because I mean they've been expanded on in indie games, AAA games. I mean, if you look at something like Until Dawn, um, kind of those butterfly effect games um, where choices determine your outcome. It's so creative and it sounds honestly, in my opinion, it sounds a lot harder than a lot of making a lot of other games because you have to make each ending and you have to make each certain action that a player may choose um, compared to a linear story game when it's like, oh, they're going to walk over here. A cutscene's going to play. Uh, this little story is going to be told. Is it more challenging to make a branching path story than a linear type of game 
Oh, without question. Yeah, there's there's no question. Um, the uh, you know, part of it, too, is when you add complexity, you know, you naturally are, are adding challenge um, to it and branching paths add complexity both by their very nature. Um, but the more responsive the game is to player feedback, the more challenging it's going to be probably as a writing project. I mean, gr you know, granted, like, you know, you're talking about like, you know, you're talking about like AAA development. Like, like if, if I'm writing an adventure snag and it's like, you know, five sentences long or whatever, even if it's branching, it's probably not going to be as difficult to write as uh, it's probably going to be easier to write than, uh, you know, a 20 hour, you know, linear narrative experience. But on the whole, yeah, branching uh, makes things more difficult. Um, and to how much player input there is will also add complexity, right? So if it's like, you know, if I can choose, you know, if it's like a, a traditional, like interactive fiction sort of experience where I may be choosing paths in, in the woods, right? And those paths in the woods lead me to different outcomes. That may not be as challenging as something that's taking, say, my dialogue into account, like what, like my personality is trying to like determine my personality. And it's like a social simulator where it's trying to then where I might get like a choice of games are very uh, commonly do this where, you know, they'll, it's basically like a personality quiz and your dialogue is determining like what happens to you in a social setting that could be significantly more difficult to write. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it ranges. It, it definitely ranges, but in general, yes, I would say they're more complex for, for sure. I, I like, I like how you, how you mentioned the, like, it kind of gives you like a personality test all the way through. Cause one thing that, that comes in my head, actually probably one of my favorite, uh, I guess you could say, could say butterfly effect games or, uh, you know, pick your own path games uh, in terms of like big is called Detroit become human. Because I feel like all the, like every little single choice can drastically change each character that you're that you're playing. Because you play three people at a time, which is like insane to me in my brain. Um, but like with like Life is Strange, it does it well. But I feel like Detroit Become Human, it's the situations are more drastic, and you there's over I think there was over like a hundred endings to that. But you never know where your character is going to end up since there's so many endings like that but it's only like that because of your dialogue and how you interact with with other characters in the game and that's one thing that it really like pops out to me too so it's kind of cool that that you uh, from a designing point like you 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 look at it and be like huh that's how they planned that out that's how i'm gonna plan that out so yeah it's kind of crazy seeing that yeah yeah absolutely i um some some of those games like and this is kind of a, a dumb example, but some of the games that I used to love as a kid was the uh, I don't know if you guys ever played the Henry Stickman games. Um, oh, my the, little flash that, games. That's so long. Yeah. Um, so basically what those so games that, were. That, is that like were they had new grounds? Like, yes. I, I definitely remember. I definitely know that yeah. era of uh, I don't know those games specifically, but I one of my first uh, jobs as a designer was working for a flash animation website and flash game website and, uh, and so oh, I that's awesome that i remember that era of uh of new grounds icebox all those ones for sure so yeah those... i'm sorry to interrupt tell me about oh. those uh, tell me about the Harry <laughs> games. 
Uh, you're good. Um, so those those were some of my favorite games as a kid because uh, the whole story, it was actually a cohesive story along four different games, I believe. And it was a story about this guy who um, I think he got framed for something and then he got put in jail. You had to escape from jail. Uh, that was the first game. Second game, he actually becomes a criminal and they're all stick figures. But the comedy is hilarious. And the point of the game is um, like take the second game, for instance, he has to break into a vault, steal a diamond and get out. The thing is, there's pop culture references all throughout the game. Like in one yeah. instance, you have a choice to climb the wall with sticky gloves, grapple up the wall or use a portal gun from the Half-Life series or, or from Portal, not Half-Life. I'm going to get roasted for that in the comments. Um, yeah, you really are, though. That just slipped <laughs> out. <laughs> um, but uh, so there's different choices like that. And I mean, most of them were kind of gag choices. So if you picked it, it would just be like a funny cutscene, and you'd be like, oh, well, you got to pick the right choice. So choice games, that was like my first intro introduction to, oh, there could be multiple paths to this because um, the later games ended up doing that. And so that has made me appreciate games where you can almost build your own story. Although it, it, I appreciate it, but it scares me a little bit because I'm always scared that I'm going to get one of my characters killed, that one of them's going to go off the path, uh, one of them's going to turn evil. Well, that's the fun of it. That, that's the fun of it because you have to treat it like, like well, if, if you want, to, want your characters to live, of course. You kind of have to treat them like your own baby or how like, hey, what what I do in this situation? And it kind of cuts the middleman of like, you know how you're watching it, watching a movie and you're like, why does she keep tripping? Like, I, if I were to then I would have done it. That. And now you have quick time events where it's like, oh, shoot, hold on, don't, don't do it. I'm going to die. So it, it gives you it gives you that option because the middleman is like, OK, let's put you in the story now since you're yeah. talking all that crap. Here you go. That, that that's how I look at it to where it's like, how, how would I be in that situation? And that's what, and it scares me too, but it's so enticing uh, just to see like where you'll end up and all the places you'll end up. So I think that's the fun of it. Just the fear of, because that's kind of just the fear of the unknown too. Like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what situation you're going to come up with, but you have to be prepared somehow. Yeah. So I are think, there different, uh, sorry, I was going to ask, are there different stories like that in, in your game to where like there are certain paths where if someone goes down it, it's like, Oh, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> the, um, you know, I try with adventure. So adventure snack, it's a series of games. So every, they're like little micro games. So everyone ah. is different. Um, so as opposed to it being like one big project. Um, so um, in some of the games you can die, um, but uh, and not all of them. Um, but I try to make it so that even in death, it's like, fu it's fun. Like, I, I think that's where I, I think that's the only thing I mind. I don't mind dying in a game. I just want it, the, my death to be fun and I want it to be character motivated. Like, I mm. want to be presented with like something with a reflection of my choice that feels legitimate. Like, if, if I choose, you know, it's like, okay, the game presents me you know, going to go take the left path or the right path in the in the woods, right? And I decided to take the left path and immediately a werewolf eats me. And there was like no clue that like there was a werewolf. There's no reason why choosing left would be considered bad. It wasn't, I didn't ignore a warning from a woodsman or whatever, never take a left path in these woods, you know? Um, 
if I just do it and I just randomly die, I get frustrated. That's I don't consider that to be great game design. But um, but I do like, oh, if I like specifically like ignored my grandmother's warning and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna take the left path, I'm gonna live dangerously. And then I die, it's like, well, I guess I got what was coming to me for living dangerously, you know, that's, but it's like, yeah. it's cool because like, it felt like uh, it's, it's good role playing, right? Because you, you, in order for, I think, role playing to really work well, you need to be given information. You need to be given a good, like, you need to be given like the tenets of the world. You need to understand like who I am and what I can do. And then, like, okay, with those tools, with those rules in place, now let's see, like, where I fit in. Let's see what my, you know, so let's see how I can affect the world. And then if it's responsive within those, uh, the world feels responsive within those choices, it feels really good. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, in some of them you can, some adventure stakes you can die, but I, I, I think you will, uh, you'll always enjoy the branch that you get. I always try to give people some it's like a fun experience to walk away from my adventure stack games admittedly it's in terms of interactive fiction it's more like a comic strip almost you know i think of them more as like short as like shorts as like interactive shorts so as opposed to it being like this sort of deep experience you know where i'm investing you know in the character it's sort of it's more like sketch comedy it's like oh okay like Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm the president's cat now. Okay, great. Let's see what I can do as the president's cat, you know. Uh, it's right. like, oh, okay, I'm tracking down. Oh, Bigfoot's my landlord? Okay, well, let's see if I can hunt down Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, um, so it's just like fun. It's just like little, little like fun ideas, you know, that it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm jumping into this, like, uh, like Quantum Leap or something like that. I'm jumping into this. Let's see what I can do in a short amount of time. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think that's that's kind of what we're missing with with uh, like these days too. Is just the, it's kind of crazy because when you see when you talk to a lot of people who play video games, it kind of, with a lot of people that I used to talk to, it kind of like sucked the life out of them. Like it's it's not as enjoyable, it's not as fun, it's not as uh, it's not as engaging. They just play it to grind, get to a certain level or something like that, and then they kind of just give up on the game and not play it for the next five years. So and and for me, I was like that last year because obviously, you know, Garrett and I, we we gamed probably too much. <laughs> but with certain games, I, with certain games for me, uh, there was some that I would just grind, 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 and then you know how you like eat too so, so, something too much and it kind of like loses its flavor. You kind of like, eh, well, I don't want it anymore for like the next two. That's how I was, and and like I had to refine, you know, like my enjoyment for for games too. And I and I love what you're doing with with Adventure Stack, just because it seems so. Not only is it simple because of its simplicity, it's way you have way more room to be more innovative when it comes to the storytelling. Just just because of it, like I I live for the absurdity. Like that that was great. So so yeah, just just props to you. Just just keeping it, yeah. trying to keep it enjoyable, and especially for over two thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. So so no, congratulations on that, friend. That that takes like real genius to do that. that yeah. That's crazy. And um, I, think, uh, I was just going to add quickly that I think games should be uh, shorter, uh, cheaper, and uh, easier to develop in general. That is my that is just my my opinion. I know it is shared by some, particularly in the indie spaces. I think 
you know, there's a time that I, I, I appreciate, you know, the, the time and the effort that goes into a triple A game. And, uh, you know, obviously they employ a lot of people, which I like. Um, but, uh, man, I wish we could get more, you know, it just sucks. Yeah. When it's like, in order to experience a game, you have to be willing to spend upwards of 20, 30 hours into the experience. Like, yeah, you know, that's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask of people. Um, so yeah, I, I took a hard, took a hard left there. Just like, I'm, I asked very little, um, you know, just, uh, just come on in and enjoy, just come on in and have a good time. Uh, yeah. you know, lose yourself for it for a couple minutes and, and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, and enjoy it. So anyways, guys, sorry about that. The, the discord, we figured it out. Uh, the video is a little desynced from the audio. Um, and so if you're watching the video on YouTube, um, the, there may be a couple times, I think it's happened to all of us at least once that the audio and video desyncs for a second or for a little while. So, um, sorry about that. But if you're listening, you won't even notice. Um, it's actually, it's a game, kid. We're keeping you on your toes. Can you spot the times? Put them <laughs> in the comments, the time codes where the time, where the audio desyncs from the video. Put them in. Can you catch them all? <laughs> this, we is, this is, it. we gamified it here. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> That's, um, a, that's, that's a good adventure stack story. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the video and the real world, the video game world and real world desync. See if you can find it. <laughs> anyway, I <laughs> oh, so I I've loved finding out more about Game Snack and everything. That sounds. I, I'm absolutely going to go see what that's all about after this. Because gosh, that sounds fun. Um, but actually, I actually had a question for you though. Cause, cause I, I noticed, cause we we looked through the the mobile games that that you've written and designed and everything like that, and and what you what everything had in common. Even I'm I'm kind of mad that they canceled the game because it actually looked tight, um, especially with the with the Disney one that you made, uh, and the and the murder mystery one uh, that that you made. I actually downloaded that. It's it's fantastic. Um, oh great! Oh, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that one that one's great. Yeah, I love that. Just and just because how how meaty the narrative is. Do you do you enjoy mostly enjoy writing more, or do you like the designing more? Because because for because all the games they they're so heavily like story based. Where like like I know you put your love into that writing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and I can feel it. But but, that, but I just wanted to see like are you more you know on the on the writing side or on the design side because obviously you have talent for both but which one do you feel you know more closer to when it comes to having your creative freedom? Thank you. That's a, a great question. Um, I am traditionally a writer. I come from a writing from a a linear writing background, and I fell into interactive sort of by accident. And so as I, when I started in the industry, I was much more comfortable as a game writer. Um, and as I move on in my career, I am finding a lot of joy in the design. Um, I find a, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's, there's, I always look for creative challenges. That's something that sort of fuels me. And it's why I love games so much is that there's, even among game writing projects, there's always differences in terms of like, you know, what I'm being asked to do, genre differences, 
character differences, um, you know, and and all kinds of things with the studio and the software itself. But um, design and learning and figuring out, pushing the boundaries of the design has become, I think, sort of a deep uh, creative drive for me. So um, I guess the answer, my long-winded answer to your question is, I traditionally love the writing, but lately over the years, I have been finding it's been sort of fading up for me on the design about like, oh, how can I push the design? How can I do something really interesting right. and unique and clever with the design of this that maybe people don't expect, maybe people don't expect. And, and I like that too, just because it, because coming from a fan of of of, of games like that, it, it it makes me want to come back for more. You know what I mean? It makes me want to be like, oh whoa, this Joffrey dude, that this dude's crazy. Like, and and each thing is different, and it's enticing me. What is he up to? And then that that's that's what I saw like started doing too. Is just I started like following up what you were doing with. That's why I, I downloaded that game to see, uh, you know, to see the story that you were gonna do. So, so yeah, I could definitely see that, and you're accomplishing everything, if in my opinion, perfectly, just because you have that. You, because a lot of a lot of things that that I feel like a lot of a lot of designers and writers, and not even just for video games, but just for like TV shows, movies, and all kinds of stuff uh, in general, is that they're losing they're losing their flavor of creativity, and especially just because a lot of companies are like pressuring them to do like a certain way or go a certain way. But I feel like, especially when it comes to video games and when you're able to, you know, when you don't have anybody, anybody breathing down your back, you have way more creative freedom and it, it gives you an opportunity to connect with different players and gamers who appreciate that side of, uh, of games, especially like me, just with story-based games like that. So thank you for doing that. I'm, oh my goodness, I, I'm, I really want to, I want to check more of your stuff out like i'm already getting a little excited about it <laughs> thank you um the you yeah. know you're, you're, what you bring up is interesting because um you know i i have a job currently um where it's very unusual in that like i am part of a department of narrative designers and game writers that is like it's like 20 people it is really kind of unheard of for the most part, um, with the projects I, I work on with my client work, usually I am the narrative designer or I am the game writer, or maybe there's a, there are others, but like I am given like a section of the game to do. Like with Murder in the Alps, for example, I didn't write all of Murder in the Alps, but I wrote some chapters of it. And it was basically like, yeah, you're writing this chapter of the game, you know, and it's like several, you know, that's like, um, several hours of gameplay or what have you. Um, but I, I'd be the sole writer, you know. Um, and it is creatively very satisfying um, and unusual in when you look at the way film and TV work, for example, they're always the writers, there's writer's rooms, even in movies where you see, oh, it's like two people credited. Well, really, it went through like many hands before it actually got to screen, usually for a major film it's like major big budget film they, they really went through like 20 writers they just went through them one at a time and sometimes there are writers rooms in movies as well so like in animated movies particularly they'll do punch up with like a big room of, room of people and so on tv is famously has a writer's room you know so it's rare to get like sort of an auteur situation for a writer 
Um, but in games, you, you kind of can get that, like, a lot. Like, there generally are a lot of gigs where you will be, like, the sole writer. Uh, and I really enjoy those. Um, my current gig is, is very unusual uh, in that uh, it's, a, it's a writer's room. Um, but for the most part, yeah, games allows for that. So you do see my voice. I, I do feel like with those projects, even with client work like that, I can still see my voice in it. Like I can still see, I, like, oh, okay, like I, it is. If you know my work, you can tell, like, oh, okay, that is like Jeffrey doing, you know, right? What that is Jeffrey's interpretation of Woody and Buzz, you know, from Toy Story or whatever. Um, so, uh, which is neat, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. and and the, and the reason why you kind of put your own little, uh, it's like you kind of have your own little insignia, which which is which is really tight. Like especially with with how you were like write stories and stuff like that, and that's also what makes it even more creative. On top of that, because it's you know it's it's yours. It's not anybody else's. You know what I mean? No one can re- replicate you know Jeffrey's work. So that that that's that's so cool. I, I appreciate stuff like that so much. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool to to kind of hear the ins and outs because I mean as gamers. Oh gosh, it made us sound like nerds. Um, <laughs> as, we are though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, you guys are nerds. I never could have guessed. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, not the shirts or anything, but <laughs> not our content over the last three months. But um, right. <laughs> we um, as people who enjoy gaming and comics and the whole deal, it, it's it's so rare that we are able to hear the inner workings of games because. We're like, oh, yeah. we just like games as you know, as we play them, and oh, we're judging it on this, this, and this. But hearing the the storytelling and the creative, the creative side and the design side, hearing all of that in all those intricate details adds almost a new depth to games that I feel like I'm gonna I, I honestly feel like I'm gonna start to look at games differently now because there's so much more that goes into it, even indie games or um, games that are developed by even big producers, stuff like that. There are aspects that I think a lot of people don't even pay attention to that are so vital to the game that um, make it the game it is. But people don't pay any attention to it because it's not staring them in the face. And I feel like that's something that I, if it could change, it needs to, because that is so much work that people have put into the game that isn't being acknowledged and i feel like it really should be but um, i agree Um, yeah it's a good observation i think you know in terms of where games are you know like for years and years people did not know how movies worked or how television worked like there was i remember you know in the 1980s when you started seeing like theme parks like uh, Universal Studios and uh, and MG Disney's MGM. That was like a weird idea that you were like going to go like behind the scenes of the movies. Like you didn't tell those secrets were. It wasn't like they were like secrets like we'll keep it to our grave or whatever. But it was like you you kind of had to be like part of the industry to know a lot of this stuff and and a lot of it sort of just came out you know came out um, over the years and to the point where now like fans talk about things like you know box office numbers and stuff that did not used to be that didn't used to happen that used to be like industry hmm. 
and and I think that like the same thing will happen with video games. More and more people will start to figure out how games work or want to learn how games work. But I think we're still in sort of an, a relatively early period in terms of games lifespan. You know, the comp, the um, there's a great show though uh, on Apple TV called uh, Mythic Quest, um, which is uh, terrific. If you haven't seen it and you are curious about the inner workings of a game studio, I, I recommend watching that uh, that show. It's very funny sitcom from the It's Always Sunny uh, people, and uh, it gives you sort of an inside look. And I, I can say like it's definitely like reflective of my experience. Like, <laughs> they they hit like they hit it. Uh, I think pretty much out of the park. Um, okay. And uh, but it's like a first. It's like a very early first attempt at really like a lot. A lot of the movies that like take place at like game companies. It's like they're. It's a lot of bullshit. I mean, like I, there's that, <laughs> that movie. There's that movie Free Guy. Yes. Um, where it's just absolutely terrible film. Uh, and uh, and it purports to be even the, the new Matrix movie, which, you know, oh. um, which purports to take place at a game company. And you watch it. And I'm just like watching it with my with my wife. And I'm just telling her, like, that would never happen. No, it doesn't doesn't work like that. No. Right. He's given that kind of creative control of freedom. Even the creative director would have, you know, right. just like all this stuff. Whereas, like, I think Mythic Quest, like, if you're really it's like it actually like has a good understanding of like that. It's it, it, gaming is a team sport. You know, even and and there are auteurs in gaming. Yes, there are people with more creative control than others. But even we still call it we still call them products at the end of the day. It's it's the lineage is from toy manufacturing. You know, it's not like film and TV have their roots in the theater and the roots of the theater. And in the theater, those that theater is an auteur medium. It's the playwright is the king. The word is the king, right? There, they are group projects to be sure, but the playwright has the most creative control in terms of what actually is is generally uh, is generally seen by an audience. Whereas, um, and so film and TV come from that lineage. So you have you know, auteur theory in, um, in film, and you'll have showrunners in TV. But um, even the creative directors, you know, are still beholden to their teams. They're beholden to a lot of stakeholders generally. Um, less, maybe with indie pride, but even with indies, I, I think indies are much more equivalent to, like, bands. Like, um, yeah. you know, than they are... Than they are to like indie independent films that maybe have like a director or something. I think they're much more like bands where yeah. it's like, yeah, the six of us got together. One of us is the, you know, the drummer, the programmer, the bassist, the artist, the singer, the director, whatever, you know. And it's like, yeah, like this person may be the front man, but like in the end, it's like the DNA. It's like clearly like these six people came together to do this, um, to do this, this wild and crazy thing. Um, so yeah, uh, there, there's, a, there are good resources if you're interested in learning more about it. There are good books about it. Um, what is that book? There's like no, it's like blood, sweat and pixels or something like that, where it talks about the stories of indie games that are, it's a, a bunch of stories and, and it's very good. Uh, that's a very good book. Let's see if I can 
I can Google it really quick, but it, it's a great, uh, uh, it's a great uh, collection of stories about like working on different video games and what it's like. Um, I, I bet a lot of people would be very surprised by um, the conditions in which their favorite games were made. It can be very, t- it can be very tough, uh, particularly in AAA. It can be very grueling uh, work. Um, I do tend to like working on mobile games for the reason that um, they tend to be shorter development times. It tends to be uh, relatively easier, um, and uh, and yeah, you get to see the work faster as opposed to working on a AAA where it's like five years of development or whatever, and it's like yeah. oh, I can find it. And you're in an NDA that whole time, so you can't mm. tell people like what you're working on, uh, which is one of the most frustrating aspects of it. Um, I'm working on a game right now that I think if you knew what I was working on, you'd be like, oh my god, that's that's crazy. Um, oh come on, do you I, can't do that to me? Yeah, oh come on, bro. Well, here's Ain't no the good way. news. You, Ain't no you way. may not if you. If, here's the good news. If you follow me, you may not have to wait much longer um, to learn what to learn what it is. Oh. Hey, after but, you leave, after you leave, that's about to happen. That's about yeah. to happen. Yeah, you'll you'll learn about you'll know about it. Um, you'll know about it uh, for sure. But uh, but yeah, but it, that's very common. In fact, uh, I have this I have this pin that uh, that I think is really really funny that somebody made. Uh, it's a it's a pin of a contract, and it says all my best work is under NDA. And, uh, <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's like yep, that's always true. It's always that's true. perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, man, I, gosh, I've loved hearing so much about, um, about game development, everything. I do have to ask one question. Um, so you obviously are a game writer, game designer. Um, so do you play video games outside of creating them normally? Oh, Loki, that's a really good question. So, so my (laughs) next question, next question, I I guess it's going to be two questions for you. And I mean, after you answer me and Jay will give kind of our thoughts on it as well. Um, what is, and this may take you a second to think of or not, sometimes it's different people, but what is your favorite game of all time? And what is your favorite game genre to play? Just not, not like, not like, oh, how, like looking at this, it's so complex, but like of pure enjoyment, what's your favorite? I'm curious uh, because I I don't know if yourself as a game writer and designer would look at it differently than someone who just plays games. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let me start with the first question. Um, favorite game of all time? Um, I will say uh, a game called Hypnospace Outlaw. Um, it's a uh, it's a sort of a visual novel slash uh, faux internet simulator game. Uh, it's a fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating narrative based game. It's hilarious. Um, it is poignant. Um, and it is like incredibly well constructed. Um, so you play uh, as a content moderator in a fictional uh, GeoCities esque uh, internet service that you access when you go to sleep. So users like put on a headset and like they see this like alternate like internet world like it's like a retro internet like a like a never was kind of thing and um you play a content moderator who has to go around finding illegal and banned content on the service but the thing is as you ban 
different content, it affects the users and it affects the community. And it is the rare game. I, I, I've almost never seen it before. You know, so many games are about like a hero's journey, right? It's like, it's like, what can I do? And this yeah. game is about how what you do affects a whole community of people, of users. And uh, it's really fascinating and and well done. And uh, I'm just, you know, I know something is really good. I know I really, the, the things I love the best tend to be things that I wish I had made. Like Hidden Space <laughs> Online is the game, is, is the game I wish I had made. Like it's it's so good that I'm absolutely jealous of it. Um, so yeah, uh, so that's 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 my favorite. Um, and I I strongly recommend uh, people try that one out. Um, and then in terms of like my favorite genres, um, you know, uh, okay, it's a, it's an interesting question. I, I have to give you a couple. I can't give you like one favorite. I, top three. I tend to. I, <laughs> I tend to. Okay, all right. Let's do top three. Um, I'll say. I'll say. Um, yeah, uh, uh, deck builders, for sure. Um, I I absolutely will love to sink my time into a, into a deck builder um, and uh, feel like I'm very smart um, for building a very good deck of whatever it is, cards or puzzles or whatever, cards or dice, whatever. Um, I'll say visual novels. Um, anything, now, I take that with, like, I tend to like weird visual novels. Um, not like the typical like otome sort of like dating sim type game i tend to like ones i tend to like western visual novels that are like weird that like indie weird ones that like the last one i played um was called raptor boyfriend um where and i loved it where it uh it's like the 90s in canada and you move to a town full of cryptids and you decide like which of three cryptids you want to date. And it's like very much, it's, it's sort of patterned after like Daria or like, like it's like very, it's like satirical and funny and, and, and really well done. So I, I like like weird visual novels. Um, absolutely. And then I like, um, I also like turn off your brain puzzle games. I like mm. a little, like, it's like, it's like a little, like, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just like, I'll just sink my teeth into, like, you know, like, my first, you know, like, the classic being, like, something like Tetris, but, like, also ones like, um, there's this one, I think it's called Metro, where you are, like, designing, like, a Metro subway system by, like, moving lines to, like, from one to another, like, from one station to oh, another, you just build yeah. a Metro station, it's a like really simple, like lightweight, but like deep uh, puzzle games. Um, I, I tend to like those. those. So I would say that's a good span of what I what I tend to play. But I also love, I mean, within visual novels, I, I consider like adventure games to be part of that. So like point and click, like adventure games, like are basically visual novels with a slightly different interface. Definitely. So, like, mm. I like those, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's I, I, that's what I would say. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, real quick, because we get we only got a few minutes left. Um, Javen, uh, real quick, go over your favorite game and favorite three genres, just real quick, and then I'll go over mine, and we'll go ahead and end it there. But um, I just want to get all of our takes to see how kind of different tastes that we have, and maybe some suggestions we can all play. <laughs> 
Uh, so my my favorite game of all time. I keep saying it all the time. It's it's an old game, probably one of the best soundtracks, um, and also one of my favorite, uh, actually all my favorite bundle of villains in the game, uh, Mega Man Two. It, it's so oh, yeah. it's so it's so so good. I me and my dad, my dad would always play it. You know when he was younger, and he would like know all the secrets and all, and his brother would do it too, my uncle. But it's so funny because once. Once dad had me, and then my uncle had my cousin. He taught. Uh, he taught. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! For those just listening, he just brought out a Mega Man figure. That was awesome, dude. You don't understand. I'm, I'm there huge, to get huge, Ma- huge Mega Man fan. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's so funny because because my dad and my uncle would play uh, Mega Man two in different ways. So for example, my uncle would start off with Metal Man. And my dad would start start off with Airman because once you start off with the Airman, you get item two and you you know all that stuff. So it's funny seeing so now me and my cousin play differently. We argue how the right way to play is, and we both try to like prove ourselves. You know, it's like, but while we're like playing, we're bumping to the music. Like, man, this shouldn't be this hard. So it's I feel like if I feel like the whole experience is just fun and and it gives me pure enjoyment just because I was trained a lot under that game. Um, in terms of genres. Uh shoot. I I have to put I have to put shooter in there, but I only like shooters if there's like a bigger lore to it. Like I don't just want to uh, like jump in uh, like <clears throat> well I do it every once in a while, but I don't just jump in a Call of Duty just because I just want to you know shoot some people. Like that's why it's a hot take, but this is why I like playing Fortnite because it has a whole bigger lore of a story and it drags on within each season. And that's what entices me. Like I like to earn uh, what I'm doing. And it's a, in Fortnite is a crazy story, like resetting every 20 minutes. That's nuts. Um, and I'll have to put in RPG. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun. Just escaping uh into those kinds of games most definitely that's what i'm mostly you know download and uh i would have to say simulate simulators like like uh like uh like minecraft being a heavy one um just you know i I can like mod it or do anything that i like ultimately creatively want to do on there or i can just you know build a beach house real quick and kind of just let my mind go you know what i mean uh yeah, I think those are probably my top three. Garrett, your turn. I'm sorry, I probably took awesome. too much time. No, you're good. We got we got a few minutes left. Um, so my favorite game all of right. all time, and this is a lot of because of nostalgia, but also because of I had never been introduced to it, is Fallout Three. Um, and the reason that that game is my all time favorite is because it was my first open world game ever. I had only played like Lego games and like the 007 on PS2, that kind of stuff. So I just yeah. got an Xbox 360 and a friend of mine had lent me Fallout 3 and I got into it and I was like, oh, this is and I mean, it has a pretty good story. I mean, trying to like find your dad getting out of the vault. But once I got out of the vault, I was like, oh, so now I just go to this town, and, you know, find out where my dad went. And then I looked to the left and I was like, wait, nothing is stopping me from going left. What's over here? And so I would just go off and find side quests. And I was like, there is a different person that gives you a different quest like every mile of this game that you walk and has a giant map and it just blew my mind when i was like 14 how expansive a game could be that's the first time i i realized that a game could be more than just one story um and so that's absolutely my favorite game of all time favorite genres 
open world RPGs for obvious reasons. Um, I would have to say um, any kind of turn-based combat. So um, I, I enjoyed mm. the X, XCOM games when I was younger. Um, even that includes like card games and stuff like that, deck building games. Um, the last one I would probably have to say is. Ah, oh, man, even though I said they frustrate me, that was hard for me, too. Even though I say they frustrate me, I got to go with with build your own story games, which is probably why I'm going <laughs> to play, play your game after this. No, <laughs> Jeffrey, you don't understand. We, we had a whole no, Jeffrey. We had a whole argument about this. And I was really <laughs> trying to entice him why, why these are like genius. He was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not really sure. So so thank you for persuading him. Now he's going to play way more. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm ama- oh, amazing. We turned you over. That's great. You did. Yeah, I have converted. A- <laughs> there's a great uh, there's a great zine on uh, itch.io called Choice Beat. Um, and uh, it covers like a vast array of interactive fiction, visual novel type games and um, I, you can discover a lot of really good stuff on that in that zine. So worth checking out if you're interested in the genre, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely be checking that out. But I think, unfortunately, we are out of time. There's going to be a bit of a shorter episode from what we are used to. But Jeffrey's on a very tight schedule with game design, so we do not want to take up any more of his time. <laughs> um, but we are super grateful that you agreed to come on our podcast here. As you know, we... We're a bit of a newer podcast channel, but we are having so much fun. I mean, getting each other's ideas, getting other people's ideas and life experiences with gaming and comics and whatever else might come up. So um, we very much appreciate you coming on this podcast. Um, Any final words that you'd like to say before we end here? Um, Only that uh, uh, if you can find me at uh, adventuresnack.com, that's my, as it saves, my newsletter, and I send out uh, new games twice a month. And and if you're interested in Mega Man 2, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is a novelization of Mega Man 2 that came out, yeah, when I, so you're, yeah, in the, in 1980s, there, it's called Worlds of Power, Mega Man 2. You could probably get it on eBay pretty cheap. It's like a children's book. It's like a chapter book adaptation of Mega Man 2. And uh, hey, no way. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it, it <laughs> exists. And not only that, but it includes like game tips, like built in, like written in. Oh the my pros. God. So you like you don't understand. It, like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that would probably blow your mind. I, I am a big Mega Man fan myself. Um, okay, great. Because I, I, I even grew up I, watching the bad series. Like, yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, I totally <laughs> did too. Um, uh, two bad series because there's also Captain N, the video game master. Oh, there. See, that's right. A nightmare, a nightmare version of Mega Man. Uh, mega weird. Um, okay, folks, I got to get going. And thank you both so much for yes. having me. This was a blast. Absolutely. So thank you everyone so much for watching and all the links to Adventure Snack and everything else will be down in the description. Um, Again, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for coming on. So thank you guys so much for watching and we will see all of you guys next time. Bye guys. See you later.